1: Welcome
2: to D.C. It is burgundy and gold today. Scott Jackson with you. Our friend Rick Doc Walker, who was asking for sacrifices yesterday, I believe, uh, during the three-hour program, is not here today. He'll be well-rested tomorrow to wrestle with uh, Linnell Willingham. Young and in charge tomorrow, those two go at it as I go on College Hoops assignment for a couple days. So, uh, good to be here with you today. Obviously, the news well after the uh, presser yesterday. It is so, um, I guess we should say predictable uh, that it went down that way. As we discussed yesterday during the show, clearly, you know, Ron's answer told us everything we needed to know about Scott Turner's future. I, I did get some blowback on the socials from a couple people about that, you know telling us we are jumping to conclusions, apparently we weren't. But it was also very reminiscent of, like, the Monday pressers they have when uh, they get in front of you and then people ask questions about injuries and they say they can't talk about it because they haven't talked to the trainers yet and that kind of thing. And, I, and like I said to Rick yesterday, um, I felt like, you know, after hearing the presser where they really weren't prepared to answer anything, And, and look. Like, they probably aren't going to do any, say anything anyhow. Give you any feel for the direction or what they wanted to do? The, the, again, deeds not words, and the deed was to fire Scott Turner yesterday. But I, it just felt like after w- listening to it, like you know, like I would have rather they had just waited a week. You know, have the meeting with you know the owners, and uh, then get back to us as to what's going on. Because it was a lot of like, okay, well we'll see. But, but clearly there has been some communication with ownership because if you just fired Scott Turner who I believe, you know, according to reports, had signed an extension prior to the season. Uh, you'd probably have to let your boss in on that, even if he is just maybe a temporary boss. But again, we don't know. We have no idea uh, if it's completely done or not. I mean, it looks like it's headed that direction, but until it's done, you know, I know. It's like the horror movie. <laughs> until the villain's dead, you're not going to believe it. I get it, okay? I know how a lot of you f- think out there. A lot of my friends get very touchy when I say, well, the team's going to be so, like, you don't know that, you don't know that. I'm like, okay. Kind of do, but okay, we'll wait. We'll wait for you, just to make everybody feel happy. But yeah, the numbers are just so astronomical. Why would you Why would you stay? I mean, because clearly, clearly it's not a very popular situation. All right, so Scott Turner's out. So what does that mean? Um, what is next? What kind of person will want this job? Will there be able to be a, a good candidates list? We've been over a lot of this over the last uh, several weeks, months, whatever, about this and, and the challenges once the news was, you know, Brought out the team was exploring the idea of selling it. Uh, first bids are in, and all those kind of things. It, here's what you know will be interesting now is to um, is to see how that impacts the market, right? I mean, because there's always going to be somebody, but is it a quality somebody? Is it a somebody who has options? Is it somebody that we think is a cutting edge star in the league and all this kind of stuff? Uh, because again, it could be just a one year gig. Could be a one year, you know, show me oh crap, here's the new owner, he's got a new head coach, he's got a new GM, and they've got a whole new philosophy and we're all out of here. And we're starting from scratch. So there is that risk for sure. Uh, Then there's the other part of it, is like what kind of person is Ron Rivera going to want to get? Are they going to have to be – uh, exactly in, you know, lockstep with his philosophy. We heard about his philosophy yesterday. Henry Martin Mayhew talked about the 2-to-1 run-to-pass ratio, which is completely unrealistic and not even real. I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs, for example, I, I went ahead and did the deep dive on the – not even the deep dive, but a little dive on it, shallow dive. I mean, they are a 60-40 team, like a little bit more than 60, actually, to run-to-pass – pass-to-run, rather, and they have, you know, Pat Mahomes. They six six 651 passes this year to 417 runs you know, they're probably one of the past heaviest teams, the past heaviest team in the league, but you know, that's that's not two to one, obviously. I think what they want was more balance, I I believe, but maybe I'm maybe I'm out of my mind. Uh I get that. You know, say you want to be a balanced team. Uh there are teams that are considered run first teams that do very well in this league through on the football. Philadelphia jumps to mind, uh, really good run team, but you know Ran the ball eight more times than they passed it this year. Uh the forty ers actually passed the ball eight more times than they ran it this year, but they're a really good run team too. Then you got the Bills who were a little bit not cra- as as lopsided as the Chiefs. I mean, but they had five hundred and seventy four passes to four hundred and thirty runs. Now, some of those four hundred and thirty runs obviously are their quarterback runs, you know, as a scrambler, not necessarily as a design runner either. So, you know, there's that. Ravens are obviously a little bit more run than pass, but not as big as you may think. Uh, you know, 526 run to 488 pass this season in terms of play. So, look, I mean, you can be, you can be a team that says you're run first, but also throw it effectively, have chunk plays, have big plays, those kind of things. I think that has been proven. So, you know, I, I'm not gonna, you know, hang them on their words, so to speak, yesterday because I, I think a lot of it just, you know, was unrealistic. Frankly, I mean, you know, you have negative plays and you're, you know, staring at a, a first and You know, or you know, you know, second and twenty or what have you, and you want to be stubborn and you know, run it up the middle for, you know, three yards, two yards. I mean, that's on you. I mean, you're stupid. I mean, you got to actually put it in the air and try to, you know, get some of that chunk back. So I don't, I don't buy into that. But anyway, maybe that is really how they think. But it doesn't really, it hasn't meshed that way, um, over these first three years. And look, the offense went backwards. I don't, I don't think it's a surprise. Scott Turner got fired. It's not all his fault. Clearly, they left themselves in a lot of weak areas, including, of course, quarterback. They had bottom third of the league. Quarterback played bottom. I mean, they're quarterbacks, if you buy into the PFF ratings, and I think there's some value in them, certainly. I mean, you're talking about two quarterbacks who were rated below the number of starters in the league. I mean, bottom line, whether you like him or not, and you say, hey, well, we won with this guy. This guy sucks. I mean, both of them were not good enough. And you can say, well, it's all on the coordinator. It's Partially, sure. All in them, eh. I mean, cream rises to the top normally. Um, Carson Wentz was 33rd in the league. Taylor Heineke was 37th. And the PFF ratings actually only rated 38 quarterbacks. So that's not helpful. The The interior of the line was not helpful with the guard situation. They put themselves into at the beginning of the year with the fact that um, they also – Of course, you know, created, um, you know, had some needs and injuries, I should say, at at center. I mean, they had to roll through centers again for the second straight year. That was one of the things they discussed yesterday. But, you know, the philosophy difference is, I think, interesting. And I need, at some point, like a a real truth moment from the head coach on this. If, If really what you wanted to do is play the way you did, you know, with the, quote, formula, which was fine because it won games, and it's what you had to do because, again, you had bottom half of the league quarterback play. I get it. However, to say that was, you know, the formula from the jump and what you wanted to do, it doesn't really jive with what you did in the offseason. You wouldn't need to re- re-sign a pass-catching running back in J.D. McKissick. Uh, you wouldn't need to go out and, you know, in the draft, take a wide receiver in round one and then extend Terry to a huge deal uh, at wide receiver. And also take Cole Turner in the draft and, you know, sign Curtis Hodges after the draft. These guys were not, you know, blocking tight ends. They were pass-catching tight ends. They were, quote, catch-radius guys for your quarterback who couldn't find the strike zone in a lot of parts of his career. So it it didn't really jive. And, oh, yeah, you didn't have to spend $28 million per season, or a season, hopefully, uh, on a quarterback who you had to give up two picks for, who... Again, the guy who got the best football out of him was, you know, told, hey, man, he's broken. It's either you or him. And he said, okay. <laughs> Eventually it was him, too, and Frank Reich. But you get my point. So a lot of these things just didn't add up. I mean, like with the way they went out and spent this off season and, quote, unquote, built the offseason. Um, if you were really looking for just a game manager. Right or a guy to keep you in front of the chains or a guy to keep you on schedule. I mean, if you want to be an on schedule team, do you take a quarterback that drifts into sacks constantly? Does that make any sense to anybody? I mean, this is what I think people miss the most about the Wentz deal, right? Beyond the fact that he wasn't the MVP level player he was once in Philadelphia, it was a guy who just took too many damn sacks, and they saw that the previous years with the Colts, and we saw it here very early in the season as he drifted into them. So it doesn't really jive with what you were saying. You wanted to be, or, or how you ended up being, um, as you moved on in the season. When you made the, you know, when the quarterback switch was made for you, you didn't make the quarterback switch. By the way, it was made for you. You made one quarterback switch at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually two, I guess, if you count Week 18 uh, game doesn't mean anything. But the the one that meant the most in Week 17, you actually made that switch. That was not made for you. But anyway, so that that's what I'll be fascinated to find out. Like how much is this new person? have to work under that philosophy. Can they have some ideas? Can they have some outside thinking, some different thinking? Now, I know what everybody's thinking because I brought it up a few weeks ago. Like, okay, let's go on the old list of the old former staff, right? There's Mike Shula. He was the offensive coordinator in the Super Bowl uh, Carolina Panthers team. However, that being said, to be fair, to be fair here, and granted, Sean McDermott wasn't available to Ron Rivera when he was hired here because he he had a head coaching gig uh, already. He's doing pretty nicely, I might add. I mean, he and Jack Del Rio had no real relationship; as they never coached together. In other words, they, you know, they he obviously knew who he was, and they knew each other, but they didn't coach with one another. So he did go "quote unquote" on the outside of the, of the family for that one. So we'll see what what uh, breaks down here. I'll be very interested to see if they try to do something bold, something different, and then of course you run into the whole thing. Well, if if they do go out of the box, out of the comfort zone, you know, is that really smart for a guy who maybe? coaching on a one-year you know on a one-year leash so to speak uh as the head coach like is that something that he'd be comfortable in doing and of course there is the impact it will have on you know your one quarterback that is definitely here next year in Sam Howell you know he's gonna have to start over with somebody more than likely I mean if you want to call this a system I guess we can I guess just to be you know we'll call it the system even though I think sometimes, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, magic summed it up best when he goes, it's not a system. It's just a plug-and-play offense. They got plays they like. Offense is what he called it uh, at times. And, you know, you heard Logan Paulson throughout the year on Take Command and on the pregame show, you know, as well talk about this. It's just there wasn't always a real rhyme or reason or plan as to what they were always doing, which was, was quite frustrating at times. And other times it was. I mean, and there was some innovative stuff from Scott Turner. Maybe, you know, too cute. Um You know, some drive-killing stuff, as we've all often talked about throughout the season. But I don't think it's just automatically fixed by letting him go today. I think the head coach has got to uh, really be open to, you know, trying something different here. And we'll see what happens with that. And, you know, is this something that, again, the person who comes in is really going to truly have the autonomy to do the offensive coordinator job the right way. There are some really good things about the job. Obviously, there's only 32 of them in the world, uh, in this in this, in this little league they call the NFL. The talent is here. Let's be honest. The last three years, the bar's been set pretty damn low. I mean, you know, if we get a guy come in here and get 21 points a game, oh, my goodness. You know, wow. And this team actually went backwards this year in points per game from last year, which is was hard to do. I mean, you know, so there's that. The bar is – I mean, it's, again, it's not a real high bar. Uh, the talent is, is in place. Uh, now – the cons, a one-year job maybe, philosophies, coach really going to kind of restrict what you can put in on this thing. And then, of course, hey, you know, we all might be really happy with Sam Howe after one game. We have no idea what the rest of the world thinks about it. And he's, you know, and again, it's one game. So there is the quarterback uncertainty. For sure they're going to have to go out and at least get another quarterback who that person may or may not be. We shall find out. Is it going to be a deep dive, like a big swing, Derek Carr, you know, hey, let's dream about Aaron Rodgers and blow our whole cap up. I mean, anything crazy like that, or is it more like along the lines like, hey, is Andy Dalton available or uh, Jacoby Brissett or somebody, you know somebody like that to be a a solid, steady backup as we let Sam Howell, you know, quote unquote, battle it out with said vet and eventually win the job. You know, I don't know. I, you know that that all remains to be seen as you. Heard yesterday, they're still evaluating everything. Still evaluating everything. All right, you can tweet me up at Jackson Sports uh, on the Twitter. Uh, We'll also get to some phone calls here in a little bit as well. And who are the candidates? Uh, Ben Standig will be with us at 1 o'clock, Athletic DC. He kind of dove into this a little bit earlier uh, as well. We'll talk to Rick Snyder um, from... You know, Rick Snyder's Washington, odyssey.com. You see him there, longtime uh, Washington uh, Times writer as well for this uh, covering this hair football team, the Washington Redskins uh, slash football team slash now commanders. So all that coming up, full show with you today here on the Team 90 stream and live on the free Odyssey app. back here on Burgundy Gold Today. Doc will be back with you tomorrow along with Big L in the house the next few days. Scott Jackson with you today. We've got uh, calls to get to. We've got tweets to get to. 301-230-0980. The day after uh, Scott Turner was let go officially by the commanders. Of course, again, if you listen to the press conference yesterday here on the Team 980 or wherever you may have heard it, Or seen it? um, It kind of signaled that that was the direction it was going. With the uh, boy, the really lukewarm answer. I mean, again, they didn't say a whole lot yesterday that was revealing. But that was (laughs) the way it was answered about uh, Scott Turner. Anyway, this will be um, again, a very interesting, a very interesting search from as from my perspective. I think it's going to be very telling uh, as to. You know how they handle it. do Do they get, they get bold? Are they bold? Are they looking for something new, or are they looking for just somebody to fall in line? You know, th- that's simple. What kind of person, personality, philosophy is it different from theirs? Are they looking for? And I want to rewind to last off season. Okay, um, after they finished the season, you know, obviously we went talking about quarterback, you know, the whole thing. And one of the other things is they said they had to be more explosive. They had, to, they had to have more explosives. Like, before we got to catch radius, I want to say more explosives was the was the catchy term coming out of that uh, group. But now it's, you know, now obviously it's back to, you know, the formula, which is not necessarily very explosive. I mean, as much as I think Brian Robinson can be really good, I don't know that he's ever a take-it-to-the-house running back. just don't see it. I mean, he's, you know good between the tackles he'll you know get some chunk runs but I'm not sure he's the guy who's going you know 80 yards not to say it doesn't work I mean like Alfred Morris wasn't that guy and then we' you know they had a really good running attack but they also had some you know big playability in the passing game and this is you know kind of going back to my, my point about just because you're quote run based doesn't mean you can't still be explosive I mean Philadelphia is extremely explosive and they are run based I mean Philadelphia for the season, and this was remind you remind you that many games obviously down the stretch there they played with Gardner Minshew so they weren't exactly you know looking for Gardner Minshew to be a runner like they are obviously Jalen Hurts they ended up still with more runs than passes in the season you know and, and of course they also were ahead a lot so that could have something to do with it but but still they had more passes than runs only by eight so I mean they were a very balanced team Philadelphia was uh, 49ers again you know Kyle Shanahan we love to talk about Kyle Shanahan around here especially from six to nine. Um, 512 passes to 404 or 504 runs. So like again, just a differential of eight. Very balanced. Very balanced. You know Dallas, who was just in here, they were more pass than run, uh, but not by many, by like 25. A lot of that obviously uh, felt like it was from Sunday's game, where they you know just wanted to let Dak drop back, Dak drop back uh, for whatever reason. But you know the teams again that are, are they are still explosive. The 49ers you know, make big plays. They have big plays set up. Um, you know, in terms of pass plays this year, you know, there's nothing over like 60 yards or anything, but there's still some big plays that are in that offense. Obviously, the Chiefs offense, sure, you'd love to have it. You don't have Pat Mahomes here. Nobody's asking you to be the Chiefs. Uh, nobody's asking you to be the Bills. They understand what you have right now. But, again, with the talent you have on the outside, you can't limit yourself, you know, to saying, okay, we want to throw the ball. You know, what was officially 19 passes, right, on, on Sunday, to be that team. That's just – That's silly frankly, with the receiver talent you have and the guys you think someday as tight ends can be, that doesn't make sense uh, to do that. I mean, you've got to be a little bit more gutsy. Now, granted, they did drop back more than 19 times. You had plays that were erased. You had a PI. You had another holding call that was a pass play. I mean, anyway, you had other – you know, again, Sam Hill actually dropped back more than than 20 times in the game, but the official numbers was 19 pass attempts. And obviously much heavier on the run, and that was fine because you were in control of the game. The Cowboys were never really a threat to score after halftime. They just uh, they were throwing up over themselves left and right. Dak was, you know, inaccurate. Sure, if you could play every game like that, that'd be super. That, that's not realistic. At some point, you got to be able to put your foot on the gas. and They have the weapons to do that if they protect said quarterback, and of course, if they have the proper quarterback. But those are things that uh, still have to be achieved. After you get your O.C. in place, because I would imagine that would happen first. And by the way, how much does this O.C. get to say on what he thinks about the quarterback and who should be the quarterback? These are all things that are important, I'm sure, to a person applying for said job uh, that may just be a temp job, right? Like they might tell this guy, rent, don't buy. I, I mean, I don't know. But it seems that way with the way, what we know or don't know about the ownership situation currently. All right, let me hit some tweets here. Uh, we'll set up calls as well at 301 301- two three zero zero nine eighty if you want to jump on board with us your reaction to scott turner being fired do you think this just solves it all or no, no no this is just one of several steps still to go to show that you really can fix this offense i think it's dvoa 28th rated this year yeah 28th rated 24th in scoring uh 28th rated overall offense and that factors in a lot of uh, other very fancy things uh, that you can uh, you can Google. All right, Neil says, "Listen, can you really tell how good a cook is if the head chef, who's buying the food, provides the cook with great ingredients for side dishes, but makes the cook use grade C meat for the main course?" Starts at the top. Yeah, I, I look. I still think th- this is a reflection on Ron, whether he'll ever admit it or not. Of course not. Uh, we know that, but this, of course, it is. I mean, this was his choice. Uh, you know, he's stuck with it. They couldn't get on the same page. I guess the best way to look at it. I think that Giants game, the second Giants game, was extremely damaging for Scott Turner. The you know 12 runs in the first half, and forgetting who Brian Robinson was in the second half, the, the drop back you know out of the shotgun of the goal line area, you know fumble, touchdown, Thibodeau. It's like a freaking replay. I mean, you didn't learn anything from the previous game. So I'm not absolving Scott Turner. Don't get me wrong, but I do think there were some things that he had to uh, he had to work against here. Uh, Neil also. It's asking, does Ron want to bring back satin starter jackets, Benetton rugby shirts, and that's good. Uh, You know, somebody asked me yesterday, did you ever think you would hear an NFL press conference that referenced Walter Payton in 2023 in terms of how they wanted to play offense? I I don't think that's fair. I think what the person was saying was you had a good – I think somebody led Ron into that. So that's a little bit unfair. But, I mean, the two-to-one thing – I mean, really, somebody needs to step back. I mean, so let's say, for example, this year when they had the, quote, formula, okay, the formula, when well, they were hitting, like, the s- plays in the 70s, right? Like, they were hitting the number of snaps, like, 70s or plus, sometimes. I believe the Eagles game, did they hit 80 in the Eagles game? I want to say they did. It was crazy. I mean, that's just a big ass. It's a tough way to play. And especially the worst part about them playing that way is they didn't pay it off by actually getting in the end zone at the end, you know, getting touchdowns. But, but maybe think about that. So, like, a... You know, that would be a 35, you know, 35, you had 70 plays. 35-35 split, right, in terms of pass for, you know, pass and run. It'd be That's the perfect split, the perfect medium. And I think for these quarterbacks, you wanted to keep it, you know, in the range of like a 20-25 to 25 pass game. So I can understand, okay, if you're saying you're going to get 70-75 staffs, sure, okay, then you are, you know, around that range. But to think that, you know, you're going to be able to play that way every week is just, it's not, Especially with the way you invested in the offensive line. And that, and then again, goes back to the way you actually handled the offseason, the way you think, and the things you said that not, they don't add up. I mean, I'm not saying you should have kept Share for that money, and he didn't want to be here. We know that, um, you know, as they've explained over and over again. But then to cut flowers, I mean, and again, just older guards. I mean, Martin Mayhew said "Older, we have to get younger at the guard position yesterday, which was great to hear. Thank you. Glad somebody feels that way over there, you know. Now go do it, you know. Go do it. But you know, a lot of things didn't add up, I and mean, there was mixed messages all off season. And then the panicky Carson Wentz move, just the biggest mixed message of all of them. And we will ask Ben, and I, I don't believe this, but some people have been pointing out. Now well, wait a minute, you know, maybe maybe they feel like they they can play the formula with Carson Wentz if you know. He took less money, and a new coordinator comes in, and they tell him what they want to hear, which is, "Yeah, Carson's fine. It was your play caller's fault." Yeah, I don't know. About it. I, I I didn't catch that. I think it's over, but again, stranger things have happened. All right, three zero one two three zero zero nine 301-230-0980. Willis via the Twitter uh, Scott. I still believe Ken Zampese is in play for the coordinator position again. What guy who has options want to come here knowing that they could be there could be an ownership change? Yes. Now, I, I think you're probably right. Ken Sampisi probably will have a chance. I'm sure he's going to ask for an opportunity to uh, interview. And if you want to rewind a little bit, and this will frustrate some people. I mean, we do this all the time. This is what we do. We're masochists, okay? But do you remember, Ron Rivera also interviewed the holdover when he got the job here, Kevin O'Connell, <laughs> and he brought in Scott Turner. That worked out really well for Kevin. Has not worked out as well uh, for us here in uh, in D.C. All right, 301-230-0980. We'll get your calls coming up. Hang in there. Uh, thoughts on the move yesterday and what could be next. We'll get to you here on the Team 980 Burgundy Gold today. It's streaming live on the free Odyssey app. gonna goal today, Team 980 streaming live on the free Odyssey app. My friend Mike uh, hits me up and asks a very interesting question. Um, and it goes like this. He goes, please correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't the head coach of the ultimate say on who and what plays are called? Multiple question marks. Doesn't the head coach have the ultimate say in offensive game plan? Question marks. Sounds to me like someone didn't look in the mirror. Well, I don't know. Maybe he gives his staff autonomy. He, like, pops in and moves out of meetings. But, yeah, I mean, the coach has the direction. Certainly he has the authority to do whatever the heck he wants. As the head man. as the head honcho. And, look, Ron Rivera's got his hands on a lot of things in the franchise. I mean, I think everybody who checked out making the brand, I mean, he was even in on that, right? I mean, (laughs) they – They consulted him on that or told him. I don't know how much voting power he got, but he sure seemed to be very happy with the end product. So I would say he had some influence there. A lot of influence on a lot of things on and off the field, no question about it. And that's why it's kind of fascinating that it's, you know, this kind of groupthink thing that we've been hearing about over these last few weeks when it comes to quarterbacks and making moves or I don't know if he's just trying to build camps on his, you know, to people to buy into what he's saying because he knew some of these decisions were tough. I'm not, I don't, I don't know what the whole crux of that was, but I do find it interesting that we've heard so much about, you know, meeting and telling all these people and talking to people outside the organization about such moves. It just it does not come off like somebody's extremely confident in their own their own gut, right, in their own belief system. I, I don't know, it just doesn't it doesn't feel very confident to me, and that's a concern. It's a concern heading in here into uh, year four and, you know, selling us, you know, in the off season, it's always about wins and losses. And then we get in the season, the wins and losses are going the wrong direction. And then it's suddenly, no, we, 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 again, move the goalpost, to use the football term. It's a concern. It really is. Doesn't feel like he's got a real strong grip on this thing right now. Maybe he's going to wow us with the new coordinator and we'll gain and get the trust back. But a lot, a lot to be gained back after the way this season spiraled apart at the end of the year, whether they, you know, want to you know take ownership of that yesterday in that presser or not. I mean, I watched Chris Ballard, and granted, Chris Ballard should really feel <laughs> fortunate to still have a gig, right? Uh, the Colts GM. However, he said, look, it's on me. He did. I mean, he did. Sean McVay, same thing. I mean, it's all around the league. People say it's on me. It starts with me. I mean, here, not so much. Not so much anymore. We don't get that. We don't get that. I don't know. Maybe, you know, it's easier for those guys because they have good relationships with their bosses, and this guy doesn't know his boss is going to be. Maybe it's just something as simple as that. I don't know. But it doesn't make people feel real well, real good. Not a lot of satisfaction gotten out of uh, yesterday, even with, uh, you know, them throwing Scott Turner overboard, so to speak. All right, let's get to Stanfield to D.C. What's happening? What's going on, Jackson? Hey, buddy. Hey, you.
0: Hey, good, good. I really hit you up on Twitter, but they banned me for a day because what? I suggested that anybody, yeah, I suggested that anybody that suggested Jay Gruden should come here as the OC, I suggested they slap themselves, <laughs> and Twitter thought it was too violent. So well, here's the situation, man. Uh, Scott Turner was so in love with this uh, fantasy Disneyland office jet sweep motion stuff. All of his linemen, all the linemen they take, are good at going sideways and maybe taking a step backwards, but we don't know if they got the guys who can take that step forward. Give them that one yard, man. We we sucked at like fourth and one. Yep. You know, anytime they come, up, you know, if, if they got to do like Al Pacino told the boys and any given Sunday, man, they got to start clawing for that yard, and they're too busy tap dancing. That's the problem. So I don't know if this crew that they have can do that. I don't know if they can like get physical and get like nasty up front, or are they too busy doing the soft shoe? Now, let me ask you this, man. Do you remember when uh, the Hogs won the Super Bowl? Afterwards, they did a McDonald's commercial. Doc, Grim, Jacoby, they were soft shoe. They were dancing down Pennsylvania Avenue.
2: Oh, my do ever, God. Do you remember that? Dude, I almost forgot I about that until you brought it up, man. Nah, I, when Doc's in here, we got to ask him about that. I mean, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, do that. Oh, it's awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah. but that's the thing, man. If, they, if they're trying to bring somebody else in here to do that, fake jet sweep, fake around, Samuel up the middle action. It's not going to work, man. They're going to have to either change the attitude of the offensive line. All
2: right, man. Hey, thanks for the call. Good hearing for you. Um, okay. Twitter needs to toughen up, really. I do. I mean, the, the Jake Gruden thing, I don't even want to touch it. It's so ridiculous. It's not even worth talking about. <laughs> it really is. I made a funny line yesterday. I thought it was funny. But, I mean, come on. It's, it's not happening, people. Um, as far as the type of linemen, they definitely need more athletic linemen, right? They need guys that can move better. Um, you have some that can. I thought it was kind of funny that Chris Paul got an ineligible man downfield call on him on Sunday against the Cowboys. And I, I feel like none of our guards had that happened before because I don't think they could get downfield. <laughs> That's cheap, I know. But seriously, I mean, it just, you know, there wasn't a lot of athleticism there. There wasn't. They're better Ugh. moving forward. You know, that's why the screens weren't good. and You know, it's been talked about. I, look, the jet sweep works for other teams. It just didn't work here often enough for this group. It did at times. I mean, they weren't all bad. It just felt like the problem for for Scott was the feel of it, right? And the feel of the game is what a lot of these former players say, and I think it's a, it's a fair way to point it out, which was, like, he, you know, this is working great. You know, don't screw it up. I mean, just just keep at it. And he's not the first or the last coordinator, by the way, to get stuck into that. And, yes, Jay, I know who is now, you know, apparently to a lot of our fans' minds, Joe Gibbs, um, he, you know, he had these problems too, believe it or not, and Sean. and, and De, I mean, they all do. But the better teams scheme it up better. They set it up better. I mean, did people in San Francisco – you know, get pissed every time Shanahan has a call that goes bad and think he's a moron? Eh, Probably not. Got A little bit more street cred for sure. Like, he had one of the more idiotic fourth down plays I've ever seen in my life against this team a few weeks back, if you all remember that option, the halfback option with, I believe it was McCaffrey pitching it to their fullback on a fourth and one. It's like, are you freaking kidding me? It's one of the stupidest things i ever seen until I watched our game two weeks later, or a week later, excuse me, against the Browns on a fourth and one, and you do a pitch out to Jonathan Williams, who, you know, is used to just barreling over people between the tackles, and you're trying to run wide on a fourth and one. And, oh, yeah, you had Curtis Samuel blocking Miles Garrett. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, how does that happen? Just don't get it. Just don't get it. All right, let's grab Dave Woodbridge. Dave, you're next up here on Burgundy Gold today. All righty. Dave, go ahead.
3: Oh, I'm sorry. Thought you were waiting on me. Hey, look, man. Around the league, I've noticed this year and all the years, when there is a change in, in head coaches or in coaches, it's always the head coach first. I'm trying to figure out, why that didn't happen here in Washington this year? I know, I know a lot of people love Ron. I love him as a person, mm-hmm. but as a coach, well, I, mean, I,
2: I think it's pretty simple. Number one, and, and look, this even if the team wasn't for sale, I think he'd still be here. I'm just going to say that on the record. I think, I think I Dan would have stuck with him. I, for, I think Dan would have stuck with him for another year because Dan's history. Is you know even though he gave Jay six years to at least started six years he gave him full six years is you know not to do that but I think he would have because he believed in the guy and he gave him a lot of autonomy now there might have been some changes elsewhere like obviously there already is but yeah, the, the ownership is. change the ownership change ended any chance of your head coach getting fired Dave I mean we actually should be thankful they're allowed to change anything on the staff it's just with an ownership change it makes no sense and again you're talking to a guy. Whose barometer has not been the best at picking people? So you would be asking Dan Snyder to fire this guy, who we can all admit it, to this point has not lived up to his end of the bargain. For what? Exactly. For what? For what? I mean, who is he going to get, knowing that he's on his way out? Who's going to come work for him, Dave? It makes no sense at all. It really does. Here's
3: my point, though, here's my point, though, Jackson What? I, I get what you just I get, I get what you just said about Dan yep. being loyal and there's a yep. change, but the new ownership. They're going to come and wipe out anything, everything, anyway.
2: Right. They're well, the, the, why would you do it, though? Why would you do it if you're Dan? It, it makes no sense. Like, why? And, and again, you're not going to be picking would, from the top of the heap. You're going to be picking from guys that well, are just desperate to get back in. It makes absolutely no sense to do that, so especially if Dan, you're on your way out.
3: Dan would put his last stamp
2: on it. But uh, yeah, great. Another, Please don't. Another, we just need him to go away. We just need him to go <laughs> away. Look, the, the learners try to put their last stamp on the Nats. How did that work out? Juan Soto's gone, well, well, and you got a I bunch of what-ifs. So Joy. Happy. I'm so happy they did that. Okay. All right.
3: I, I agree with you on that one. <laughs> so, one. One more thing before you go. Okay. Uh,
2: you go ahead.
3: Quarterbacks. Yes. Is there one out there that you feel good about in free agency right now? No. Or do you have to go <laughs> to the college craft? or do you go – with what you saw, I'm not sure the Cowboys played their best because mm-hmm. they're already in the playoffs. Right. But I'm just saying, if you sure. go with Sam. Give me, a, give me something to go by.
1: Yeah. to yeah. look forward
3: to.
2: All right, thanks for the call. Here's what I would do. Here's what I would do. Here's what I would do. I would let Sam Howell battle it out with somebody. Now, is that a is that a rookie that co- that you draft that comes in? Maybe is it a veteran that you bring in? Yeah, maybe, but it's not I'm not a Derek Carr guy. I'm I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to try to reclaim his psyche or whatever the hell is going on there. I'm not doing that and giving up multiple draft picks and eating up 30 million of my cap or whatever it ends up being. I just you know, I don't I don't need to do that again. The reclamation project, you know, has been two swings and two misses. I think you go young, there are humongous benefits the going of the rookie quarterback. I call it the Russell Wilson plan. The Seattle Seahawks were never better when Russell Wilson didn't make any money. (laughs) They were never any better. And I know we've only seen Sam Howell play one game. But we have seen him play more, right? We saw him play in college football. We know they liked him an awful lot coming out of Carolina. Uh, They had faith in him. Now, you bring in a young, swashbuckling uh, coordinator with some fresh ideas, who likes to work with quarterbacks, guy who's got some pelts on the wall, perhaps working with young quarterbacks. You let him do that. You you let him you let him work it out with those guys. And yeah, maybe you bring in you know a veteran, a guy who's started games in this league if you need him. And I'm not totally down on the idea of Taylor Heineke coming back. Like a lot of you, are like oh my God, but fans chant for him. Yeah, they didn't chant Sam Howell off the field for him. Okay, they didn't. They only did that because Carson Wentz was so awful, and they knew he was going to be awful. No, not all of them, but a lot of, I mean, because there was a lot of you, let's be real. There were a lot of you that wanted to the change. <laughs> there were, there were. We were all curious, but I think even the ones that were just, like, on the lines of, okay, I'm curious to see what he does in the system, kind of knew after the first quarter they needed to pull the damn plug, like, and start resuscitating. I mean, it, it was terrible, right? It's a really bad medical analogy. That makes no sense what it just said. Pull the plug and resuscitate. This isn't, no. I think it's just pull the plug. Anyway. So you know what I'm saying. Actually, I don't even know what I'm saying. But they needed to stop it right there. But they didn't. And then they got suckered in by the 21-play drive. And there was still time in the third quarter. There was still time uh, to get him off the field. But they didn't do it. And the curiosity uh, killed the season. Killed the season. Absolutely killed the season. And now here we are. But, hey, without it, Sam Howell would have never gotten on the field. That's a goofy part, right? That's that's the goofiest part of this whole thing. All right, if you're on the line, hanging there. We'll get back to it. Ben Standing at 1. Uh, he's got a candidates list uh, from the Athletic DC. Uh, 301-230-0980. Uh it is Burgundy Gold today here on the Team 980 Streaming Live in the Free Odyssey app. All right, back here on uh, Burgundy Gold today. Doc and Big L with you tomorrow. Scott Jackson here with you today. We're going to talk to Ben Standing at the top of the hour Athletic D.C. He's got a little candidates list he put out today. What do we think the parameters of a candidate will be? And did he leave yesterday's news conference? He was in the same room with these guys. He were just I was just listening on radio. Um, feeling that there was still some life in the possibility of Carson Wentz being on this team next year. Felt like he put out a goodbye IG yesterday. Taylor Heineke did something similar. um, Not quite as um, like exity feeling. It was just more about his teammates, I felt like. But anyway, we'll get into all that stuff with Ben coming up. And look, Scott Turner's exit probably uh, could tilt one way or the other for Taylor Heineke as well. I mean, because this was the guy that they got him off the couch for the COVID quarterback year, um, and in this, in into the back into the league, and obviously into the hearts of many in this town. All right, let's grab Ray in DC next. Ray, thanks for waiting. You're up here on Burgundy Gold today.
1: Hey, Scott, Happy New Year to you and your Thank staff, you my Thank brother. Thank you, man. You too. Hey, all right. So, so here's the deal, and this yep. is a question: mm-hmm. Didn't
2: Ron get a five-year plan? to make it successful? That's my first question. I think I mean, he got a five-year contract, yes. I don't think, No, no, you know, no. no. But, yeah. but
1: to do it in five years or be gone?
2: Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, I just got get a five-year contract. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know if well, there was well, ever any discussion about, like, I'm quitting after five years if I can't get it right or anything like that. No, no, I got that. I got yeah, that. Yeah.
1: So, so this is the year that I'll get on Ryan. If you couldn't do this thing in five years, yeah. so people kind of forget what Rod has done. With respectability and just bringing the whole team back to a jail mode, that's where you start first. He's brought talent in here that can work. So now he, yeah, he don't admit to a lot of his faults. I don't think I would with these crowd with this crowd neither. <laughs> Cause it k up if you do, if you don't. So you know what I'm saying. But this is the year I think that you need. He's going to get four. things going. Yeah, through.
2: year four he has to. Well, I mean, he's got we got you know, no choice. He, I mean, he's going to be here whether right. we want it or not. I mean, I've been saying this for months. Yeah, yeah.
1: And and real quick, the other thing, if we're winning when the new owner come in, Mm -hmm. he's not going to break that up, especially
2: we, like, uh, uh, uh,
1: 71, Mm -hmm. stuff like
2: that, who's going to break that up? Well, I mean, you're you're assuming they're going to win games in September, which, you know, I mean, my heart couldn't take that, but I hope you're right. I mean, yeah, I mean, look, (laughs) it'd be great if they could actually turn it around and finish the job they they were hired to do. I'm with you. And I, look, he, he's not a terrible coach, but he's not a great coach. You know what I mean? It's like he's the middle. No, no I agree. I mean, I don't even know if he's good, to be honest. With you. I mean, the, the record says he's not good, he's, he's just average. At this point, and I just don't know. There doesn't bet, feel like there's any. You know. They're never ahead of the curve, right? Like it's always catch up, right? Everything's catch up. It's reactionary. Always, catch, always reaction. Right, right. You know, we're so, reacting to what has happened. We're we're trying to, you know, we're gonna put this fire out or whatever. I mean, it's just it's too much. I'd like to see somebody work ahead. You know what I mean? <laughs> I would like to see somebody well, well, ahead of he, the he, curve. I
1: think he's gonna get that chance. But we'll if yeah.
2: Yeah. so we
1: got we got we got how in here. Everybody's talking about he's not the quarterback. We don't know that yet. Why draft this guy and then y'all ready to kick him to the curb? We only play one game. This is what I'm hearing today. I think we need to go with how Heineken and a rookie coming in instead of trying to reset all this bullcrap crap
2: that everybody's talking well, about. And i yeah. take it off the edge. Thanks, Nicole. I'm, I'm again, for cheaper. I'm for cheaper. I really am. I mean, if you're going to pay premium for quarterback – you better be in a damn Super Bowl. I mean, that, you know, yeah, sure, would I pay Pat Mahomes, whatever the hell he wanted? You're dang right I would. But that's not an option. Uh, but, you know, that's not an option. I mean, like, what Minnesota's going to be up against here pretty soon? It's great season. Love Kirk's numbers. But what are they going to do with that to pay Justin Jefferson? I mean, you know, it's just – it's restrictive. I mean, the, the Seahawks, again, went through this with Russell Wilson. And then, you know, they cleaned him out and look at him now. With Geno Smith, who people thought was – a joke, right? Like, I thought Pete Carroll – I feel bad about this. I thought he was suffering from, like, Timers disease or something. I really did. I thought he had just lost his fastball saying, hey, no, I think we'll be okay with, you know, Geno Smith and – what's was the guy's name? Jake – not Jake, Locker. It's <laughs> – that guy's long out of the league. I don't even remember the freaking kid's name. <laughs> the, the kid they got from uh, – the kid they got in the trade for, with the Seahawks. I can't remember the name. I can see him, but he's terrible. Anyway. I thought he was crazy. I really did. I thought Pete Carroll, and I love Pete Carroll. I think Pete Carroll's great. And I, and I was like, "This is crazy. What is his problem? He's absolutely nuts." And it's been incredible. You know, they could build up their roster again. But yeah, I mean, once you pay that quarterback, man, it, it makes life very difficult. They brought in twenty-eight million this year for a guy who wasn't a twenty-eight million-dollar quarterback. I mean, I just, just, I had it. And again, I know they studied all the analytics. Drew Locke is the guy's name. Anyway, I know they studied all the analytics, but, I mean, there were games where literally Carson Wentz threw for under 100 yards they were winning last year because they had de-emphasized him so much. They weren't hitting big plays. It wasn't like, they, oh, man, they had all these big pass plays or anything. No, they weren't. And that's what was so goofy about it. And they added all these weapons that makes you think, oh, yeah, they're going to really air it out this year. And they did for a week and a half, right? Like, For a week and a half they aired it out, and then the Eagles showed up and punched him in the mouth, and and that was it, man. It was the tap-out city after that. A couple plays in the uh, Titans game, but a lot of crap in between. One for 11 on third down. Everybody thinks that was so wonderful, but some did. All right, um, 301 230 I know that drives Methurst crazy. I love doing that. Um, Does he not? understand those are numbers and not letters. I don't know. Maybe they didn't teach him that in, in, in high school. Uh, Jonesy in Greenbelt, what's happening?
1: Hey, Scott, how you feeling today, man? Good. How you doing, bro? Saying, yeah, Y'all been saying 301 for a long time, man. Ain't no it don't need to change now. We, <laughs> I, I'm one of the ones that get it. I might be a one percenter, but I get it. And I still dial the numbers, but not letters. But check this out. I would like to get for a change. And I'm all for giving, uh, you know, Ron Rivera uh, a chance, but I need him to be the coach this go-round, not the GM. Yeah. You know, we that's the that's the problem that, with this ownership that's always been the problem. We've always gotten people to come here who were coaches at one point and not coaches, but, however, they wound up being – uh, a, a GM and this, that, and the other, and you know, managers and all this other other stuff, instead of being who they were in their previous places. So we need them to be exactly who they were from the last place they came from. Just the coach, coach yeah. the team, and that's it.
2: Well, I mean that hasn't worked out too well either. I mean, <laughs> as you True. know, his True. coaching got himself got fired in the hats. other place. Yeah, uh, right. I, I hear you. I mean, I, but does he coach? I mean, that's the thing. He's kind of a CEO. I mean, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you know, he doesn't handle Thank defense you, anymore. Uh, that's that's kind of, uh, you know, it's obviously Del Rio's thing. You know, he, he has an offensive staff that does their offensive stuff. Uh, he's supposed to, I guess, be in charge of the replay challenges and, you know, let's go forward on fourth down, let's riverboat it or what have you. So, I mean, th- those are like the game day things that he does. And, again, I'm sure he has his philosophy and his ideas of the game plan that he shares with these guys each week. But my, my – you know, again, my, my question is about whoever this coordinator is, and as they do these interviews, will they be allowed to have the Kings latitude to have their the ideas, best. you know, have their that own ideas? you come up with right now? Yeah.
1: Ken Zampezi is the best they come up with right now, Scott. Well, that, that is uh, very
2: safe, yeah. and that is a guy that knows, I guess, the ground rules too, right? Like if that's the way they go, that tells me they're not looking for outside thinking. They're looking for a, here's what we're going to do, two to one, you know, as they pointed out yesterday, run to pass, uh, you know, Minimize the ball in the air, even though we have these wonderful wide receivers. Um, and that's what we're going to do. So, okay. All got right. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. Thanks for the call. See you, Jonesy. Let's get to Ray in DC before we uh, get to a timeout. What's happening, Ray? All right. We lost Ray. Never mind. All right. Ray, we'll have to get back to you. We'll get back to the calls after Ben. Uh, he wrote the story today in the Athletic DC and actually posted yesterday. Anyway. Candidates, some interesting names, some interesting ideas. However, just curious as to what they're really looking for, because I think they have a pretty good idea. You know, they have a pretty good idea what they're looking for uh, in this thing. You know, yeah. via the tweets, uh, Boss says no inside hiring. Ron said, so let's go be enemy or Pep Hamilton as offensive coordinator. Yeah, Bieniemy is interesting. Now, he's not a two-to-one run guy. If he's an Andy Reid guy, I mean, he's clearly the complete opposite. Hanging with Andy Reid. He has not been able to call plays on the regular at times he has, but he's not been the regular play caller there. So I could see why he might want an opportunity elsewhere, but I don't know if he wants to go somewhere he's going to be one and done potentially. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I've seen his name pop out there for sure. Makes sense in that regard. You've got to wait a while. They're going to be playing for a few, several more weeks. So that's You're not going to get anywhere anytime soon there. Uh, Russell via Twitter says, before you can put anyone better at QB1, you better address left tackle. Rumor has it the Texans are rebuilding and might accept a third or fourth or Lamry Larry Tunsil. Would you pull the trigger on that trade? Question um, mark Exclamation point. A third or fourth rounder? Yeah, I don't see – I know this Charles Leno thing has become uh, a Twitter sensation. I don't think he's that bad. I don't. I mean, I actually think he's pretty good. I think he had a couple bad games. They put him in some bad spots with uh, Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, you know, again, you probably should not have had him out there on an island, so to speak. I think you could draft. I think you could do better drafting. There's a, this is supposed. You know, you'll have opportunities to. If you want to get younger at tackle, you can do that in the draft. You don't. You don't need to be trading away picks. Not for trading away picks. I want to keep picks. I want to add picks if possible. Uh, again, cheaper, cheaper, uh, younger. Those are the keys. Not older. Not more expensive. Um, Younger, cheaper, hungrier. That's, that's the way I would row. All right. Ben Standing, the Athletic DC straight ahead. It is a burgundy Gold today. Scott Jackson in today. Solo here. Team 98 streaming live on the free Odyssey app. Listen to every MLB game live. In
0: the deep left
2: center field, it is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader.
3: And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Innings.